Hello, welcome back to Live, Laugh, Love Real Estate, conversations with Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. We have an exciting new guest on today. His name is Iman Alani, and he is the founder of Saho Cold Brew Coffees. And we asked him to come take a part in uh, this podcast because um, of his entrepreneurial spirit and, um, and his story. And I think, well, we think you'll find it very interesting. So Iman, we just uh, want to kind of start out with saying thank you for joining us. And we're interested to uh, have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome. So let's start out with telling us a little bit about um, what your product is. Sure. And then let's talk about how you got started. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the founder of Sahol Cold Brew. Um, we're a sugar-free, dairy-free cold brew packaged in a fully recyclable aluminum can. Um, currently sold at about 40 stores across New England and yeah, adding more, adding more stores every week. That's great. When did you start? So we signed the incorporation papers 2019, but our product didn't hit the market, the retail market until October 2020. So October 2020 was our first store. Um, and yeah, just, just kept going ever since. Excellent. So tell um, our viewers how, what made you get into this? For sure, for sure. So I came to Boston in 2016 for college. I'm born and raised in Dubai, um, but I did not teach in coffee until the fall semester of my freshman year. So. One night I was up late studying in the library and I needed an energy boost to keep me going. By that point, our on-campus coffee shop was closed. So I go to the vending machine and to grab one of these like sugary frappe type coffees. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was just so, it was just so milky, so sugary, so heavy. Um, so I had a sugar crash. I couldn't stay up studying and I was pretty frustrated. So walking back down to my, my dorm that night, I thought, you know, why can't I fix this? So looked around the market and there were, there were a couple canned coffees at the time in 2016. Uh, but nothing that really I loved. They were mm -hmm. either too bitter and dark roasted or they were too sugary and too sweet. Nothing in the middle. But I didn't really think about it at the time. Um, I bought my own cold brew maker, like a little personal cold brew maker. Oh, and that I, was going to be my next question. How did you figure yeah, out the recipe? Yeah. So I, I just bought my own cold brew maker and I went back home to Dubai. Um, and basically for the next four years, um, you know, I, I worked on it. I fell in love with cold brew, fell in love with coffee. Um, in all kinds of things, cold brews, iced coffees. Dubai is very hot, so ice drinks are very popular. Mm -hmm. But then fast forward to the spring of my senior year, and I was in an entrepreneurship class. And part of this class was you actually had to launch some kind of business. So my professor looked at me and goes, hey, like, I think you should like try to do something with that cold brew that you make. And initially I thought, okay, like I'll just, you know, make it myself in, in my dorm room and, you know, sell it out in mason jars and stuff like that. But he was like, no, like you could probably think about going a little bigger than that. So. I contacted a couple manufacturers. Um, I toured a couple of facilities, shopped around a bit, and then eventually found found a manufacturer that I loved, um, a team that you know could really get behind my vision. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we worked on it. I'll spare you the details, but long story short, we hit. We, we love hit. the details. No yeah. need to spare it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Give so, us all the deets. Yeah. So we basically worked on it. Um, there were a lot of logistical things to figure out. Um, you know, for me having no experience in this consumer packaged goods space, you know, complete newbie coming in. Um, I was basically starting at ground zero, even lower than that. Um, and yeah, we, it took me about probably closer, close to a year to really work out, you know, all the logistics stuff, um, finding distribution, getting into stores, um, working on our actual wholesale strategy, which is a big part of it. Um, and until we actually hit the first store, but I remember when we, when we got into our first store, like that was a big, um, 
it was a big like validation moment for me because then mm. it's it's proof that you aren't completely off your rocker on this and like yeah. <laughs> right. you know like other people who you don't know like like it and buy it and you know want to come back for it so that was a big that was a big step for us yeah that's great how did you how did you self-finance how did you yeah, so it's a, it's a family-owned business. Um, the good thing about um, contracting out your production is that I didn't have to put in any money to like, like buy my own equipment or buy my own commercial <laughs> stuff, um, refrigeration, you know, this, that, warehouse space. Um, but we basically like hire out or rent out like off time on um, another another company's production system. So that was oh. a that's that's very common in the beer space um it's called contract brewing um where you know young upstart um beer companies craft beer companies you know want to get a product going um and then very similar to the, the newspaper industry when it started mm-hmm. um you know like the new york times was been using their their line 24 7 they were only using it for a couple hours a day so they rent out time to like other companies oh, i didn't realize um, that. and that's how you get, get like tribunes gazettes heralds um you know midweek papers yeah um so yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of you know opportunity in that space wonderful what is your uh i'm always curious because i love social media of course do yeah. podcasts all forms of social media i'm all about the social media life and the social media marketing and, and having a presence there yeah what is you have you noticed is like your main strategy in terms of getting the name out there yeah um i think it varies you know if you look at various you know packaged food and beverage businesses even young startups you know brands you see in whole foods and stuff um i think for us the big thing to to realize is that look we aren't a big company so there's no point trying to act like it um i Be think who you are exactly exactly yeah. and a big part of it honestly is look we're we're young, we're small. I mean, I have two interns that help me out. Um, that's, that's about it. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, sit here acting like, um, like I'm the biggest company on the scene, but I, I think our, our followers, our customers actually appreciate that, you know, because they know that, Hey, like this is the actual company. Like these are the people involved in the company. Like they got it out to stores, they got it out to the market. Um, and when you support them, like the dollars go, the dollars are very traceable, mm-hmm. you know, and that you can't say that for a lot of, you know, bigger food companies. Uh, but I think being very founder facing is, is important. Did you have, um, what were your obstacles to getting into yeah. stores? Um, I think there, there's a variety of ones. I think one big one, um, like we talked about earlier was probably just the trademark side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the retail world, you know, trademarks are, are everything. Um, especially when you're stocked in a store with hundreds, if not thousands other products, like you really have to own your trademark, your name. Um, so that process was, was very long. It was pretty hard. Uh, we actually also had to pivot names early, um, uh, to make sure that we could settle on a name that we could eventually trademark and, you know, fully own for ourselves. Um, cause there's nothing worse than, you know, building a brand on a, on a successful name only to find out five years in that, you know, your there's, um, potential like misuse or there's likelihood of confusion with another brand and, you know, they can sue you for a blank check basically. Yes. Um, so so we wanted to get that right, you know, right off the bat. Um, and I think that's part of the one part of the retail industry that not many people probably know about is your your trademark at the end of the day is is your your baby. Right. How did you come up with the name? What does the name mean? Yeah. So Sahol roughly means life in Irish. But I'll be honest with you, like there's nothing, um, nothing crazy about it. It was just a name that uh, we bounced a couple of names between our trademark lawyer back and forth. And she was just like, this name has a good shot of being trademarked. Um, and I think there's a lot in a name, but I think at the same time, um, 
I'm pretty convinced looking back now at our, our growth over the last, you know, seven, eight months, like I could have, we could have named it anything. And I think we would have been <laughs> here because at the end of the day, it's about, you know, what's your strategy? What's your sales pitch like? What's your process like? What's your, how does your product taste? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your marketing strategy? Uh, so I really think I could have named it anything, but Sahol was a good one because we could, we could trademark it. And so do you trademark the recipe as well? How does that? Work? No. So it, it's interesting because in as far as recipes go like all cold brew is more or less made like the same method but as far as our our blend yeah we're made with a blend of central south american beans um you know you can't you can't like own all of central south america (laughs) so um i think i think in the retail industry it just honestly comes down to marketing and branding you know like you said costa like it's it's all just marketing at the end of the day Mm -hmm. yeah the funny thing is, too, is last night I, I texted Aman saying, hey, definitely bring some coffee so he can like have, first of all, decor on the table and B, because I'm selfish and I love coffee. And yeah. I, I was like, I need some energy during the thing. I tried to have either one coffee in the morning, maybe a second one, depending on the day. But I was, I was really looking forward to the coffee. And then he texted me back saying, you might not like this or you might actually like it because we're out of stock and we don't yeah. have any more coffee. And I was yeah. like, this is the second time this has happened. <laughs> I've only had I've only had it twice. Luckily, you did give me like a, a case of it too. You had where I used to yeah. work. You brought a case, and I I was pretty much the only one that drank it. So yeah, I've had the pleasure of trying it. And the big thing too is I will say is like the bitterness. I, I'm a coffee fiend. I've tried every coffee, the cold brews, the cans, just because it's so much easier in the can. Like I can do it at home, and it's just way easier. You can take it on the go. Don't have to think about it. But all of them are so bitter. Yeah. But the second I tried yours, I was like, all right, this better not be bitter. You said it was, and I was like, okay, okay, let's, let's see. Yeah. I tried it, and I was like, this is amazing. So. Yeah. Anybody's wondering how it tastes, it, it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. I think, um, you know, the reason coffees are bitter is because it's lower lower quality beans that are, you know, a lot cheaper to buy. You know, you roast them a little dark and then you just splash it with sugar to, to, mark, to mask the taste. Um, you put it on a shelf. Um, I think that it's possible to go the other way. And, you know, thankfully, a lot of other brands also think it's possible to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're seeing this really, like, cool like revival and resurgence of like um premium canned coffees um rather mm-hmm. than just you know just regular like run-of-the-mill um yeah. bitter coffees gotcha where do you see where do you want to take this um that's a yeah that's a good question i think it honestly depends um obviously like i have big plans and everything but i think one thing i've seen personally in the retail world is that brands that you know come out and they come out swinging and they expand to every costco every whole foods across the nation like that's a very expensive undertaking mm-hmm. um and you know the next thing they know is they're a couple hundred thousand in the hole and you know they have no cash left um so i think for us like over the next year just continue to make good smart uh, business decisions mm-hmm. um you know nothing flashy um nothing super sexy but Um, just very good, like boring business decisions, almost (laughs) like, um, just, just smart decisions, honestly, like bringing, bringing our costs down, like buying, you know, materials in bulk, um, adding the right kind of stores, um, Mm -hmm. training up interns, you know, replicating the process so they can go train other people. Um, yeah, just, just stuff like that. Would you ever want to open your own retail? I think that'd be really cool. Um, I think a little, a little coffee shop, you know, that's our, where our cold brew is the flagship, you know, cold brew or whatever would be really cool. But obviously that's a crazy business in, a, in and of itself. Right. Um, the hospitality industry is, is wild. Um, but I, I think it would be, it'd be really fun for sure. Yeah. Neat. 
I definitely see a, when you were talking about that too, of doing like the monotonous tasks that it takes time to really build a business. And especially now on social media, you go on and you see everybody's driving a Lamborghini. Everybody's just balling. Apparently everybody has a ton of money. The business just took off in 24 hours. They opened it last night and all of a sudden it's a huge hit right now. Yeah. I think there's a big comparison between that and real estate too, is everybody sees real estate as this flashy, like you're an entrepreneur, you set your own hours and it's just a whole lot of fun. You show million dollar properties and that's it. But it's, as Lisa's taught me too, it's the monotonous things that not everybody's willing to do. It, it's very simple at the end of the day, like you have A, B, and C to do. It's just who's willing to do those over time. And for example, yeah. as we were saying before, you really brought up that big point and I immediately was like, I get that 100%. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think one thing that I, so the cool thing is um, in the consumer packaged goods space, you know, the, the founder community is so supportive, um, even with even with competitors. Wow, that's, so, that's, that's actually wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm surprised. Yeah. Like it's, especially like I'm very active on LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, like the, the, the CPG space is electric on there. Um, and I think one thing I've learned is, you know, most of these successful companies that I've, you know, now become friends with like the first two, three years, like the, the founder was the biggest salesperson. Like they were just, there was nothing sexy about it. They were on the road every day. Uh, or at least a couple times a week, just like dropping samples with stores, mm -hmm. following up, pitching their product. Um, and that honestly continues for like a very long time. Um, one company that I know, I mean, the founder worked multiple jobs for the first seven years. And then in the eighth year, she sold it to a big conglomerate, yeah. you know, and it's no one ever sees that. But it's it's really just the just the daily action of the, the boring tasks um, that really builds a strong foundation. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We're huge into mindset on the podcast do we talk about a different amount of mindset stuff we all have different people we listen to uh, is there something that's helped you in terms of mindset how do you even handle a business being a young entrepreneur yeah i think i think a big one that i had to learn is that it's all about like your worth and your identity right and i think a lot of especially when you do your own thing it's very easy to put your worth and your identity in what you do Mm -hmm. um, you have a good week you're feeling great you have a bad week you're feeling down yeah um, and we, I, we know that yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I, I think it's definitely taken some, I would say coaching, um, from very loving friends and family, um, <laughs> that told me like, dude, like you, if you close, if you open one store or zero stores, like we don't think any different of you, mm -hmm. you know, like if you, if you have a good week or a terrible week, like that doesn't change the fact that we're still here for you. That's right. And I think that a lot of people, when they start businesses or even just work in the workplace, like. Um, they think that, oh my God, like I've put, I've put myself up, I've set myself up for either success or failure and there's no in between, but I don't think that's true. I think, you know, as just general people, like we, we go through the in between every day. Right. And how could we not, how would we know what was success if we hadn't failed? How would we know what it's like to be happy if we haven't, if we felt sad or pain? Yeah. Yeah. You know? exactly. So, so moving through those emotions and, th and thoughts, um, is critical to being able to uh, have a consistent level of success yeah. and a, comp a combined, um, what is it, uh, uh, it isn't just once a day, it's your combined efforts over an extended right. period of time yeah. that will show or prove success. And success isn't always money. Yeah. You know, there's a wonderful success you've already achieved is yeah. coming up with the idea and having the courage and the wherewithal to be able to actually execute that yeah and be sold out oh. <laughs> yeah i don't know i that's, mean that's pretty impressive 
Yeah, to be honest, I think that was more of a a supply chain problem on my end oh. than it was a <laughs> and you're humble too a thing. But hey, it's it's learning. I think that's the biggest thing. Like it's every day is learning experience, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's all about how you how you learn from it and and develop. Yeah, definitely. I love you. I was seeing on LinkedIn too because we weren't connected on LinkedIn for some reason. When I was like yeah. look searching, I was like, oh, we're not connected, and I saw that you definitely super active on yeah. LinkedIn. I try to be too. I think. The big thing with LinkedIn and different things like that is people might not necessarily buy the coffee right away, even if that's not the end goal. A lot yeah. of the times I like to be on LinkedIn and just share some of its real estate. It's like 50% real estate, maybe 30, 40, 50% real estate. And the rest is like mindset, a book I read that I liked. Yeah. And I loved how you said like there's a whole big community there. People yeah. just supporting each other, which is everything doesn't have to be a competition. It's, uh, you want to help as best as possible. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is the more I help and just give people advice, the more good opportunities come back to me. Yeah. Right, because it's genuine. It's a genuine reach out. Absolutely. And I think there's something, I saw a post about this yesterday, but I think there's something really powerful about like wanting other people to also do well. I think that comes comes back to you. If you're, you know, if you're out here wanting everyone but you to fail, like that's probably going to come back to you, I think. Right. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, no, LinkedIn's, LinkedIn's great. And to, to your other point, like I don't think that, you know, I don't think the goal of it is to even sell one can of coffee. I think I have one or two people around New England have, you know, found me and messaged me about it. But it's it's really just the fact that you you, you have this opportunity to build a personal brand on LinkedIn. You know, like yeah. when I, I started posting regularly, probably a couple, three to four times a week last August, last September, you know, I've, I've got close to like, I think like 5,000 followers now. And it's it's cool because it's like, more than that, it's people that I know, like in almost every industry. So say next week, if I realize that, okay, coffee's boring, I mm-hmm. want to go get into data analytics. Like I already have that personal brand. Like That's right. I, th- I think, I think a personal brand is, is powerful because now you can go do whatever you want and you, you're not starting from scratch anymore. Right. You, you have know? your audience. I mean, it's the same reason we're doing what we're doing right now with our marketing. Yeah. Right. It's not just properties. It's we want to be able to, you know, if we want to go and do an event promotion. Yeah. You know, we just, whoop, we've got the channels already set up. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I, th- I think that's, that's the most powerful thing about it is people like put themselves into a box. Like, okay, like I'm only ever going to do this. But I think like the more, the more you can do while still giving, you know, focus and attention to it all. I think it's great. We agree hundred percent. Absolutely. The personal brand thing is huge too. Yeah. I, Gary V, I'm sure you probably follow yeah. Gary V. He's all about personal brand. And the thing too is, is he talks a lot about is the stuff to build a personal brand, you're not going to see results tomorrow. Oh, you're not no. going to see mm-hmm. results in the first couple months. You probably yeah. won't see it till years until people, you finally build it up, you finally get branded. It's nothing personal. It's just that's what it takes to build that personal brand. And I think, I think when we first started talking too, I brought up personal brand too about just that same reason how you can just shift industries and just shift different things too and don't be tied to one thing but they all kind of play into the same thing too wherever yeah. you go as long as you have that personal brand yeah that's and, the most important and thing. you have to have patience with it i think our oh, society yeah. is so immediate 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 you know, want the quick likes the quick this the quick that and then if it doesn't fulfill them they switch on to something else yeah right. and Instant you, gratification yeah and you've never really given your chance the op- yourself the opportunity yeah. to allow the exposure to happen yeah and this is what we mean by the the monotonous you know the the a b's and c's that you have to do every day you forget about it you know when you've been in the line you forget about it you know it, but that's what brings the excitement and the pizzazz it, it's it's not the pizzazz and then the monotony it's the reverse yeah absolutely i think i saw something really powerful the other day where it was like 
it was a quote it was like for once in your life will you give yourself more than a year at something mm. you know and i'm like wow that's so powerful and he's like half of y'all aren't living your quote-unquote dream life or half of y'all aren't fully fulfilled because you quit so early right you know and i i don't think you know i i personally i don't think that you need to you know base your dream life off your career but at the same time it's like you have to love what you do and i think right. that if you quit in six seven eight months like you didn't even give yourself a real chance Mm-mm. you know Mm-mm. i think a huge thing i'm 100 percent agree with that a huge thing too is there are going to be moments of doubt it's not going to be okay i've shifted my mindset into more of like the the trust the process thing the, the fun part might not some stuff might not be fun but once you get there one day and, and you achieve that success you're not just gonna wake up one day okay now i'm gonna start doing everything and now i'm gonna have a life and now i'm gonna do different things yeah. it's that process and one day hopefully when you get there you'll have whatever success you want and success is just dependent on what what you call yeah. success money family whatever it is but it's definitely it's tough on social media because everybody posts like the best moments of their day everything that's great i for example, us real estate, we sold the property, but we don't post like, oh, I struggled today with clients. I had three clients that were supposed to do something and all of a sudden they disappeared. I haven't heard back from them. I'm sure it's probably similar in the coffee. You could have yeah. a store that you're trying to go into, reach out to them and everything looks good. And then all of a sudden they reach out and say, hey, we just decided to do whatever. We decided yeah. to go with them at brand or yeah. nothing. You don't really know whatever happens to at the end of the day too, but you can't got to keep your head down just keep going yeah mm-hmm. and something i posted the other day on linkedin um actually is like everyone shares highlights but last week whole foods turned me down you know this is a, a category reset like a basically like the the way you enter into stores is by the the category managers like reset their their set basically every every couple of months or every every year um and i worked in this reset since like november and i didn't get it and i was like okay like no one ever shares so like i'll start like i got turned away by Whole Foods. And it was amazing the amount of people that also like commented back saying like, wow, like this is like, it takes real guts to do this. And I, I agree, you know, it's, I don't think that, you know, you should just base your life off your successes, but I think like, you know, your failures also build you up right. a whole lot. Absolutely. Because you are authentic. You're right. And you're, I think so many of us run away from our fears and, and don't want to admit that you got turned down by Whole Foods. Yeah. But there's no other way to get rid of fear except to go through it yeah, and embrace exactly. it with anything that we're afraid of. Yeah. Um, and, and it's wonderful when you hear those stories that you did, I mean, it wasn't a fear, but you were admitting something that wouldn't have been a positive yeah. and it turned out to be a positive exactly. and you probably um, will end up getting a lot more support and you'll find a better opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's all a journey too, right? Like it's door closes today. You know, it might open tomorrow. You might find another door. So, it's all just trying to keep right. it in perspective. Or that door was never supposed to open. Exactly. You just thought it was. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. As you talked before, too, it's all about the storyline of a business, too. People buy people. They don't buy products a lot of the times, too. And somebody that probably doesn't have it, has an, a negative mindset, would probably take that Whole Foods news, for example, and be like, oh, screw Whole Foods. They didn't let me in. And just pout about it and be yeah. mad the rest of the week. But somebody yeah. that's building a brand and knows yeah. that story is so important will be yeah. like, you know what? They didn't accept me now. But... I can't wait till maybe in a few years after I'm going to keep my head down, keep working. Yeah. I get back into Whole Foods. And that's a huge story to tell in the process too. Like, right. Yeah. And it's, to it. yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, like Whole Foods is probably the greatest grocery store, you know, in the country. Like what they're doing is, is so incredible. And if I didn't get in, that's probably because I'm not doing something right just yet. You know, I probably don't, I think I have it figured out, 
but I probably don't. Like, there's probably something that, you know, I, I still have to work on. There's something I still have to get better at. Um, and I think it's really easy to turn that into a pity party mm-hmm. rather than just go like, okay, like, at the end of the day, one retailer, one, you know, listing isn't going to make or break your career. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. It isn't going to make or break your, your business. Like, okay, like, even if we got it, you know, great, we're in stores. Um, after a week or two, that buzz is going to die down. That hype is going right. to die down. There's always something to learn from, from positive situations and negative situations. And oftentimes when it's a negative or it's a rejection, we have to look deeper within ourselves. So we end up learning more from a rejection than we yeah. do from, um, from a success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, like exactly. Like you, you get a listing, you know, you close. Great. In two weeks, it's old news. That's and right. then you're left with yourself. You're still you're the same. <laughs> yeah. You're still the same person. How you're still you know? looking at the same <laughs> pipeline. Just reading exactly. my soul right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it honestly comes down to like, if you like one thing I had to get okay with and I had to really be on board with, if I never sell another can of coffee again, will I still be okay? like, am I going to be happy? Am I going to be, you know, this, if you never have another listing that's successful again, will you be okay? Will you be okay with it? And I think that moment that I started like asking myself that question and being like, okay, like, I think I'll be fine if no one ever buys our coffee again. Mm-hmm. Like grand scheme of things, I still have everything in my life that matters to me. You know, I still have a loving family. I still have a great education, this, that. And I think that just takes the pressure off yourself. Like it's. Well, it's you okay. have a foundation. Exactly. You have a foundation that can't be broken. Exactly. And yeah. so that everything else that comes out of that is somewhat of an abundance, right? So we can live without the yeah. excess, yeah. but we can't live without the foundation of yeah. ourselves, our support, the ones we love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. a great, great outlook. Yeah. I think everything happens for a reason too. Just yeah. like mm-hmm. that Whole, Whole Foods thing too. Like for me, I if I didn't, I was originally going to go into real estate as an agent, didn't, went to leasing at a certain property, switched over, all of a sudden I got moved to a different property. I knew it was coming, but the other person yeah. was coming back. They were on maternity leave. So I knew I was going to be leaving. I didn't know when though. And all of a sudden I get an email, hey, hey you're moving on, on Monday. It was like Thursday. I was like, oh God, like this is crazy. I thought I loved it here. I didn't want to move. I was comfortable doing well there and got moved to a different property for the company I was working for. But I was kind of upset the first day I went there because I was like, oh, this is a different place. I don't really like the location as much in terms of other things too. I went from going from the seaport, which is this brand new, yeah. big, shiny place to JP, which is still a great area too. Of course, not saying that, but it's still different in terms of that lifestyle. And I was having kind of a tough day. And then all of a sudden, Aman actually, um, Carl, who's, yeah. if Carl hopefully yeah. watches this podcast, Carl, shout out to you. Um, there was another roommate too. I forget, Travis. Yeah. I was trying to remember his name, yeah. but you guys came in. You guys were so first day being there and you guys were just my age of course and we, we formed a connection and i was like these guys are super cool it's like good to see i just think everything happens for a reason yeah. you guys came you ended up living there still live there and it's yeah. just and all of a sudden we're filming a podcast same thing with yeah, the leasing right. thing if i didn't do leasing I love, if we w- yeah i would have met, met you. you so somebody told me the other day work. and i love this sorry to interrupt no no coincidence absolutely. it's a fake word yeah there's no coincidences no. in life i don't right? think so either, no yeah I think somebody was talking about energy the other day uh, on another podcast I was listening to saying that same kind of thing too. Just like he believes everything does. He said it in a different way, but like he was giving examples through his life of just things that happen because of different reasons. And it's like, there's no way this just happens from coincidence. I, it's, it's, it's just wild the when too you weird. actually look back and, you know, connect the dots. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's been great. Here we are. I know. Here we are. Um, and you're going back to grad school. I am, yes. I'm going back to grad school at Benley in the fall. Um, super, super excited about it. Um, 
I think one cool thing about, about business is like, yeah, like you work a lot, but at the same time, like I realize like, you don't have a lot of extra time and um, most grad classes don't start until 5 p.m. anyways. And mm-hmm. the grocery industry kind of shuts down after 2 p.m., 3 p.m. So yeah. um, I have a lot of extra time in my day. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to go, you know, learn more and yeah, just enjoy it. Wonderful. Well, we're excited to uh, watch your success. I'm super excited to have some of the coffee. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, y'all are going to have to go, go find some. It's like a, yeah, it's like a treasure hunt at this yeah, point. We've got to get like in it. more stories. For sure. Where can people follow you if they want to get in touch with it? Yeah. You or the, the company? Yeah. So hit us up on Instagram. It's Sips a Hole, S-I-P-S-A-H-O-L, Sips a Hole. Um, yeah. Find us, follow us, shoot us a message. I'll reply to you. All right. Wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. We really appreciate having you on. This has been a great conversation and uh, we hope to see you soon. Great. Thanks for having me. All right. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us on Live, Laugh, Love Real Estate, Conversations with Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. And next week, don't miss us. We are going to have uh, mayoral candidate John Santiago on speaking about what he would like to do if he is elected mayor for the city of Boston. Um, We're going to focus a lot on the opioid, opioid crisis. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.